No matter what your religious beliefs or your ideas about gender and sexuality are, I think that we can all agree that any coercive or degrading actions that seek to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity should be banned. However, in Canada, there's a proposed bill that goes far beyond that. It seeks to ban what they call conversion therapy, and it defines it as any practice, treatment, or service designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual or gender identity or expression to cisgender or to repress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or behavior. This is a very broad definition that seems to include any private conversations or even spiritual direction. It seems to apply to any kind of advice or counsel from parents, teachers, guidance counselors, or even religious leaders that may encourage children to reduce their sexual behavior. Concerns have been expressed from many experts and from many religious leaders, including the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. We don't oppose the banning of coercive or degrading practices. But the bill must also ensure that no laws limit what services someone can receive. It must also allow parents to speak with their children about sexuality and gender and not to criminalize professional or religious counseling that is voluntarily requested by someone. All we need to do is amend the bill and change the definition. That's all. Otherwise, this bill could set a dangerous precedent. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today I'm here by myself. Billy will be joining us shortly for Church for Dummies, so no need to worry. In fact, since Billy is not here, let me just say that I got off the phone with a listener, Claire, who told me that she loved Billy, that he was so funny. So there you go, Billy. You have fans. And here's another good place to let you all know that you can always reach us here at Salt and Light and at the Salt and Light Hour. All you have to do is email me, pedro, at slmedia.org, or if you're on social media, which I suspect that you all are, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Deacon Pedro, or you can just look for Deacon Pedro. There's only one of me. It'd be great to hear from you. If you find me, send me a message. I'd love to hear from you, and I promise that I will respond. I also have to tell you that Salt and Light has just launched a new app, SL Plus or Salt and Light Plus, so you can access all our excellent exclusive programs on your Amazon Fire or on your Roku. And this will be, I think, particularly interesting to those of you who live in the United States because you can now watch all our programs. Before, you could watch a lot of our content for free on our website. In fact, some of it is still for free on our website. But if you want to access all our documentaries and, and so many of our programs that we produced over the years uh, and all our new content, you can subscribe to Salt and Light Plus. All you need is internet, and that's it. You can watch our shows and watch our live stream. There's such good content there. So you can check it out at slmedia.org and just select SL Plus, Salt and Light Plus, at our website, slmedia.org. So I hope you're ready because we have a great show today. Um, I hope that you're going to be able to listen to the whole program. First, Danny Torquia will be here with us uh, again today with his new series, Rearing Rebels. Okay, so this is where Danny 
takes some of the things that he learned in marketing school and he applies it to teaching the faith to his kids. Today, Danny will tell us all about product placement. And I'm sure you've all heard about that and how it's used in marketing, but how it can be used to teach the faith to your kids. That's what we're going to find out from Danny today. So that's in about five minutes right after our song. And then uh, Billy will be here with us for Church for Dummies. Last week, Billy asked a question about the Pope. And today I understand that he has a follow-up question. So I hope that you can all stay and listen to that. Then in our second half hour, we'll be talking about video games. Do you play video games? Are you a gamer? Are any of you familiar with virtual reality? Uh, Maybe your kids are gamers? Well, today we're going to speak about a new video game that's based on the David and Goliath story. It's developed by a company called Immersive History. And so we're going to be speaking with their founder and CEO, Jerem Sidwell, about it. And uh, we're going to find out whether video games can be used as a tool for evangelization. So... If you're into VR or video games, or if your kids are, you're going to want to stick around for that conversation that's in about 25 minutes in our second half hour. And then you may remember our conversation a few weeks ago about the Novum Collective. So that's a collective of several Catholic artists that are doing music together. Well, There's a new collective or collaboration, if I can call it that. It's called Village Lights, and you'll recognize the members. It's comprised of Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo. Now, I know you've heard of Sarah Kroger. She's been on this program many, many times. But I'm also sure that many of you are familiar with Ricky Vasquez and Ike Ndolo. They are doing some music together, and they've been touring together uh, for about a year now as Village Lights So we're going to be speaking with all three of them in about 40 minutes. So I hope that you can uh, stick around for that. But if you're not able to, or if you can, but you want to listen to the show again, remember, all our programs are found on our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Just head on over there and you'll find every show we've ever done. Of course, you can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. So let's start with a song. Here's Village Lights with their single, The Sweetest Sound. All my burdens, born of suffering, all I carry, longing for a home. We are homeless in our secrets, no more wandering, I'm running to be known. I'm not alone Your love is a melody Led me out of slavery Freedom, I am glory bound When my chains 
Village Lights with their single, The Sweetest Sound, and we're going to be speaking with Village Lights, that's Sarah Kroger, Aignolo, and Ricky Vasquez, in our second half hour, so stick around. Now it's time for... Rearing Rebels with Danny Torquia. Danny, welcome back to the program, it's good to see you. Hey Deacon Pedro, it's nice to be with you again. So, uh, what uh, what uh, marketing have you been teaching your kids this uh, this this month? Well, you know what, I've been teaching this one called product placement probably since well before they were born, uh, and it's an important one that I'm sure many most listeners are familiar with. Okay, product placement. Yep. Yep. Product placement. I mean, we we might know it through movies where you're watching a movie and they're bringing in a brand that you know in a very visible way. Uh, but I know that it, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at our world, most um, conduits to people's attention are, mm-hmm. are for sale, right? You know, you, yeah. can, you can see um, people's networks are for sale in terms of social media influencers, people's TV shows sometimes are co-funded or partially funded 
by uh, by advertising or placement. So that's what we're talking about today and, and seeing what we can learn from it, how powerful it is and bringing it into our own lives. Yeah, I think I think most of our listeners will be familiar with the idea, the concept of product placement, but I'm intrigued as to how that works at home. Well, you know, at, at home, I'm one of those persons who really likes uh, physical things. I mean, maybe I like art, maybe I like, um, you know, certain symbols or remind me of certain people. But in the faith, I've definitely been one basically to uh, use product placement, for example, in, in, in our homes, um, in, in, of course, the typical cross. But the reality is that when you uh, embrace product placement and you know what it does, you realize, you know, I might as well go deep into it um, and offer my kids and my family and those coming to our home a diversity of things that direct us to Christ. Okay, I see. I see. Okay, that makes sense. And I guess it makes sense and it's easy as Catholics because we have so many symbols or icons or, or I, guess, I guess our faith is a, is, a, is, a, is a visual. Can I say that? A visual faith? Like it's, it's also a ta- tangible? Yeah. I mean, it's a sacramental well, church, right? Well, I mean, you know, we as humans, the, the fully alive human is um, attracted to the visual, is very material as mm-hmm. well as spiritual. Uh, but I want to just give one example that I find does it, does it, the, the, it conveys well the point is in diving into objects and placement of objects, I've, for example, with crosses, mm-hmm. it's forced us to buy and look at different crosses when we can, when we can afford it. And so okay. now my kids, I'm so proud. I'm so pleased that my kids know the difference between an Antiochian Orthodox oh cross my gosh. Okay. and a Coptic cross from St. Mark, or they know the difference between an Armenian cross and a Chaldean cross and a Celtic or Celtic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. In the cross of Jerusalem or the Holy Land. So, yeah. I mean, seven-year-old kids who know that, it's, it's kind of a, a cool thing. I never knew that. Yeah, no. And, and, and then you can apply that to art. You know, I mean, I, I'm not a pro at art, but I certainly know the difference between an icon from the Byzantine churches mm-hmm. versus, uh, I don't know, a Renaissance piece. But, you know, the cool thing is that everyone has their different um, inclinations or, or artistic appreciations. And if you uh, offer it up to the people, including our kids, then you realize each person will find an, an art a piece or a religious piece that speaks to them. And I think you can apply that into candles into different bibles or stories and you realize there's a depth of there's such depth within our faith even within an item an item like a cross or a crucifix yeah okay i was uh i i, I definitely see it with a cross and i would think that most catholics probably have a cross or crucifix somewhere in the house um we actually have one i think in every room there's a cross um uh, which is neat because other people give us crosses or like, like you, maybe, I don't know if as you're helping your children identify different crosses, maybe when you travel, you actually bring crosses yes. um, um, yeah. and you have a little collection. I know people that have collections of rosaries because people just keep you getting, giving you rosaries. So you end up having, you know, the rosary from Jerusalem and the rosary from Medjugorje and the rosary from the Pope John Paul II rose, you know? Um, yeah. And we're was... very moody people. Like we change our moods. Sometimes you want a <laughs> rosary, even another time you want something that that has a bit more uh, weight to it. Right. No, but I, but my question, and I think you answered it, had to do with what other objects. So you think that we can do the same thing with candles, or with uh, maybe re- other religious items like statues? Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll give you. Uh, we've purchased a, a particular Bible for each child. 
And we've also, okay. like, I've purchased catechisms, like the catechism of the Catholic Church in different formats for teenagers who are going into like adolescence or young adulthood. And, and the reality is, you know, people like having their own thing, right? I mean, there's also that. Um, yeah. So I think there's no end to it. And you know what? One of, one of the things I, I like is asking the kids, how do they like uh, product placement or different uh, items? And, you know, a couple of points that my kids told me just uh -huh. last week was that, you know, they really think it's comforting or that some are really beautiful. Oh, really? And, and one, another child said, I like showing them to people when they come. So you see that each finds its their own uh, rationale as to why it's good. And other than you don't want them to collect dust, I don't know, <laughs> or, or you don't want to waste, you use all your discretionary income on them, but, but provided it's, it's uh, you know, in moderation, this is a very healthy thing that marketing has taught our family. Yeah, I like that. And, and, and I like that you've, I mean, of course, you're thinking about it in terms of marketing, but I think it's kind of obvious, like we, we sort of live our faith. And these objects are reminders of what we believe. And the fact that they're there means that they're just part of our daily life and not just like, you know, like, like in my house, there's the cross on every room or there's the statue of St. Joseph actually on top of the piano. And as he's just there, nobody ever questions the fact that that's Joseph and that's where he goes and that's where he's always been. And, and my children also grew up with, with that. So that's an interesting idea that I think, yeah, our parents, uh, you're suggesting that parents can intentionally now start doing that. Yeah, um, I think so. there's, a, there's a reason why product placement works to sell people a good or, you know, a service. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know that your kids will, will soak and bathe in that culture. Uh, and, and, and I think it's, you know, the more you offer up in, in, in items that are uh, clear, tangible signs of our faith, the more you never know when a seed might sprout present or future. Yeah, I like that. I like that very much. Intentional, intentional parenting here uh, coming out of marketing school. Um, thank you. Thank you. Product placement with Danny Torquia. Thank you very much, Danny. That's really good advice. Danny Torquia, our public relations expert. He is the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia, and you can read his blog at dialogueandgrace.com. Hi, my name is Mary-Kate Westrich. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can send me an email, pedro at eselmedia.org, to let me know what you think of the show. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies! With Billy Chan, who is back here with us, with a, another question about the Pope. Yes, yes, the question is about the Pope. I think what stands out for Catholic Church is really the Pope. We have... Uh, uh, some kind of president, you know, or leader of, of the church. So my question is this, what's the, is there any like extra power granted after you have been elected as a pop? You know, what's the difference, like if you are a pop or not? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Extra powers, superpowers. Yes. They yeah. can uh, leap tall, tall buildings. It can fly. No, there no. is a lot of there's a lot of rumors outside saying that the Pope will have a lot of key. You can access to a lot of different secrets and a lot of like different library. Yeah, you Vatican know what? That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> now let me let me say what I, I want to say that you don't okay. want me to say. So the Pope, <laughs> the Pope is a bishop. Yeah. And and so in terms of in terms of what you know, like there's no difference between him and any other bishops. So he's the bishop. 
Um, okay, this is boring. So, okay, no, 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 no I know, I know, I know. But just remember <laughs> that. So he's a bishop. Now, okay. he is the, the bishop of the universal church. So he, he is the head of the church. So, for example, who appoints all the other bishops? The Pope. So yeah. even though I don't think you can think of the Pope as a CEO, so it's not like he's the boss of all the bishops, but he okay. does appoint them. They, they, mm-hmm. They're appointed through a congregation that uh, for clergy that appoints bishops, um, uh, but the Pope has to approve it. Uh, for example, who if, if a diocese, a new diocese is created, the Pope has to, has to approve it. Um, or, okay. if a, or if a diocese is split into smaller dioceses or merges, right? Um, uh, the Pope appoints cardinals. Uh, so so in, in that sense, those are some things that the Pope can do that other bishops can't do. Um, last week, I was just going to say, last week we talked about, about doctrine. So the Pope, for example, cannot change doctrine. So the Pope okay. is not in charge of doctrine. The Pope is the keeper of the doctrine, if you could say that. So, so the Pope... Mm-hmm. In the same way that a bishop is responsible for the souls, all the souls in his diocese, the Pope is responsible for the souls of all the Catholics around the world. But the Pope, is also, the Pope is also the head of state of the Vatican, which is a country. So as head of state, he also has other duties that other bishops would not have because he's mm-hmm. the head of a state. I see. So, you know, when you talk about appointment of different bishops, is there any reason? I mean, you know, the Pope, I'm pretty sure that the Pope doesn't know everybody in the Catholic Church. No. I mean, he won't know. So he will get suggestion Absolutely. from his, yes. Yes. from his, you know, like Cardinal's helpers, yes. you know, to say, okay, so uh, Deacon Pedro is a really good deacon, so I appoint him. Something like that. Yes, some, so, exactly. So, yeah, right? Is there any reason that uh, uh, the Pope will say, no, I'm not going to appoint that person? I suppose that he can, yes, and and I'm sure that he does, yeah. And it and it might depend on 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 whether, you know, if he has, let's say, Pope Francis as an example, mm-hmm. uh, has a, a special heart for the poor, the marginalized, the people in the peripheries. So he's more likely to maybe approve the appointment of bishops that are bishops who are, you know, missionary bishops or bishops mm-hmm. that are. Uh, you know, doing things for the poor as opposed to appointing bishops who are seminary professors. Um, you, 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 we've seen that with Pope Francis where he's appointed cardinals in places that don't usually have cardinals, you know, little islands in the, in the South Pacific that all of a sudden have a cardinal. And that's uh-huh. because he's making sure that people, that those uh, Catholics in those peripheries are represented mm-hmm. uh, with their own cardinals. So that reflects, that's, a, that's a, an idea of why a pope may or may not approve or, or disapprove of, of of a bishop or a cardinal. I see. So now, you, you see the rumors then, you know, uh, uh, the Pope will get secret things, for example. Uh, no, I don't uh, think, no, I don't think no. that's a rumor. Now, I don't know to what extent it's, uh, th- there's a lot of secrets. But yeah, I think the Pope has access to to the Vatican libraries and to the Vatican archives. Uh, there, there's, there's uh, you know, people have heard about the, the secrets of Fatima, for example. So it was, exactly. that secret was, was delivered to the Pope. So of course, the Popes would have passed on to the, uh, so as soon as someone became Pope, he could he could say I want to see the secret of Fatima, um, but uh, but I don't think there's a lot of that. It's not like <laughs> there's a, you know like the secret conspiracy of the Knights Templar that only the Pope knows. I, I think that's more uh, the the Dan Brown's novel. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you very much. I I, I think uh, uh, every I think this is a the best answer and it's not boring at all. 
No, it is good. And and I think, I mean, not to say that, I mean, we do need a Pope. It's important that we have a Pope, but the, but the teaching authority of the church is not the Pope. The teaching authority is the church. Now we have a Pope and you can trace the Pope right back to St. Peter and, and Jesus. And I think it's important that, that the church is united in that sense, but it's the magisterium that unites the, the, the church in its teaching. And of course, then the Pope is responsible for keeping that magisterium with the College of Bishops, but he's sort of uh, the, the head, the head there in terms of taking care of, of of that treasure that is the church. I hope that makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. He's a really good answer. You're very approved. 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 Thank you. Approved by uh, Pope Billy. No. <laughs> Billy Chen, our webmaster at slmedia.org. You can follow him at Chen. Coming up in our second half hour, David and Goliath, the virtual reality game. And we speak with Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo of the worship collective Village Lights. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, I'm not, I have to be honest, I'm not a big video game user. Maybe it's just because I'm too old. When I was a teenager, the most popular game was Pac-Man, which was a great game. But I do recognize that many young people are playing video games. And if you want to reach them, you have to find them where they're at. So can video games be used for evangelization? Absolutely. I think so. And to prove it, now there's a new virtual reality game. So not just any old little Pac-Man game. This is virtual reality at its best, based on the David and Goliath story. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Jerem Sidwell. He's the founder and CEO of Immersive History. He's also the director of the team that put together the game DVG Conquering Giants. Jerem, welcome to the Sultan Light Hour. Thank you, Pedro. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no, this is great. So um, ah, I have so many questions, but what, why, how did this idea of doing a video game based on the David and Goliath story come about? Yeah. So, well, first my background's in visual effects. I worked in films like Avatar and Avengers, right. LA, New Zealand, all over the place. And um, I just saw the greats making their stories, you know, Steven Spielberg and mm -hmm. James Cameron. And so about five years ago, I was, um, you know, dabbling in VR. Uh, this is, you know, five, six years ago, before people even knew what VR was. Right. And I thought, what an important medium and a powerful medium to tell new stories and immerse people in environments and experiences and the stories. And, and so what I did is I, I uh, decided that, hey, I, it was actually a bit of a spiritual prompting and nudge to say, Jerem, you've made those worlds for other people. Make ancient Jerusalem for me and right and yeah so that that got me down the path of huh. we've actually built the full-scale model of ancient Jerusalem wow in the Christ and we partnered with Bill Isler who's the founder and, and the publishing partner on the game um, and he said well what what would you do to make this uh, you know alive for everybody else and I said let's make David versus Goliath a full-scale game and that's what we did nice 
that was a wow. long answer, but that was no, <laughs> that's good. Actually, I'm glad that you mentioned your background in in the film industry because that's the, I mean that's a whole other interview in itself um, of how you made that transition. And I, and I'm glad you mentioned about that spiritual prompting because clearly it seems to me that there's a bigger there's a bigger mission here. Uh, and before we get get to that, so is it? I mean, I get it. It's David and Goliath. It's the underdog. Is it really? A, can you explain how the game works uh, for people who maybe are not familiar with VR, virtual reality? Like, how, how, how does it work? How, what, what does the game look yeah. like? VR is is really cool. It's it's like if you're not a full on console gamer and like punching buttons on the controller, this is this is VR is perfect for you because yeah. it's immersive and it's fun and it's engaging. So you slide a little headset on okay. and you put some controllers on your hand and then your actions become the player. You are literally the player. So yeah. in the game, uh, you know, David fights a bear and the bear throws like boulders, beehives <laughs> and, and like basically trees at you. And the way that you dodge that is you just, you know, duck. You actually dodge. Or yeah. lean to the side. Yeah. And so it's, it's, a, it's an active game. It's really fun. You, you pump your hands to move around. Uh, you use a sling or a slingshot by pulling back or winding up and, and releasing. And you basically, you know, go along with David as David on his journey fighting wolves and a lion, a bear and Goliath, all with, you know, the intent to save your flock and protect your family. Right. And so you, you said that you put on a headset. So everything that you're seeing, like you're in that environment you're seeing the forest or the Colosseum or uh, the Colosseum wrong city um, or wherever you're at. Right. Is, is that, yeah. that's what it is. If you can imagine um, taking a giant screen TV, like an 80, hundred inch TV and wrapping it around your head. So it, it's, you know, uh -huh. around the back of your head and the front and as far down and up as you can see, you're seeing, you know, a movie play out. Right. Right. That's what, that's what VR does. So if you look to the left, there could be wolves coming from that way. Or if you look to the right, there could be a lion. running. Right. So if there's someone behind you, could you actually have to turn around to see behind you? Yes. Yeah. And that's part wow. of the spatial audio design is you can hear the wolves creeping up. And so you kind of got to be really that's active crazy. And, and alert to, to really get into it and save your flock. That's crazy. So, so let me get to the, to the spiritual prompt. Um, is the hope that that you're somehow reaching young people with a positive story of evangelizing them, or is it really this just you know some shepherd boy that's fighting bears and wolves and giants? There, there's certainly you know moral lessons woven mm -hmm. into the story. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's a simple it's a simple story, right? You know, David uh, is is coming of age, and his father Jesse is there, right? And he's a he's an animated character, and he's he's teaching you lessons along the way. Okay. Like, you know, uh, every sheep is precious. Go and rescue the one. When your sheep gets lost, and that actually introduces the lion. Right. right? So you follow your sheep. Interesting. Or be beware of danger lurking in the tall grass. It's unseen. Those kind of things have, have brought up discussions in, inside of our playtesting groups where people are like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, what does that mean, kids, to, you know, rescue the one? Or who is our flock? And so... The design is first and foremost, it's a game. It's fun. Everyone can play it. And that actually makes it for the perfect evangelizing tool where, hey, you guys want to come play VR? It's yeah. David to Goliath. And, and you have fun playing the game, but it can also lead to those moral and biblical lessons. Right. Interesting. And like you said, they're built in, even if it's a hint of them, they're built into the game so that it's easy for 
if you want to do it as a youth group or as a youth leader, you, you could build it in. Now, is it for only for young people? I mean, you're not, you're younger than me, I think, but um, it sounds like you, you would enjoy playing the game. Is this a game that I could play? Anybody can play a grandparent? Yeah. Yeah. Any, anybody can play it. And in fact, you know, we've had people, you, you can actually play it. Well, I'm a very active user. Let me say where I yeah. love jumping around and slinging yeah. and like trying to kick the wolves and, you know, yes. <laughs> and that's, that's the magic of VR. But we also, it's designed that if you change the settings in the game, you can play with a slingshot where all you need to do is, is okay. pull back a little bit with one hand and you can shoot everything and, and actually beat the game sitting down in a chair. Okay. Interesting. So uh, that, because we do want it to have that wide reach. And of course people, people love it. And we've had, uh, you know, parents play it with their kids or, um, you know, Bill, our, our publishing partner took it to, uh, you know, uh, an old folks home and they all got in and played it. And, and so That's great. Uh, it's, it, it really is designed for everybody with the, with the intent though, and that target audience to be that younger mm-hmm. age group of, you know, teenagers and preteen to, to like what you're saying is to really connect with them and to speak their language and to meet them on their own terms. Yeah. Is it, tell me a little bit of, about the, the mission, if I can call it that of immersive history is, is your hope to create more games like this that are providing opportunities or evangelization opportunities for young people? Or, I mean, I'm sure you're, you're, you're developing other shows. I can imagine, is there like a, a save Jesus from being crucified game coming down the pipes or anything like that? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question um yes there are in fact um one of the things that we have is, is we created all of this started with that jerusalem right where mm-hmm. we, we created that and so we created it in vr and then uh we realized that the sales for vr it, it was kind of a business decision uh, the sales for the headsets weren't as um as high as we'd like over the last five years and and we're really starting to see that trend now where people are because a headset is only $300 now and it doesn't require a computer. It's just, it's all right there. And so people right. are really getting into it and they're, they're loving it. So what we're doing and in the process of doing is taking all the Jerusalem stuff that we made and, and Moses's tabernacle and putting that out on the store so that people can experience that in, you know, guided tours and just like a free roam. Um, yeah, that's great. I, I might talk to you later, but maybe we have. Yeah, a I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be appealing for a lot of people that, you know, to travel. I'd love to see what the Jerusalem temple was like, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and what's really cool is that it just brings everything to life. You know, we've had people say, after going through the tabernacle, they're like, I learned more in 15 minutes than yeah. I have in 15 years. Right. Because it just, everything that you've heard and read, you are now living and experiencing in a one-to-one ratio. So. Yeah. Wow. That sounds fascinating and, and absolutely opportunities to, uh, to talk some more, Jerem. Um, uh, immersive history. I, I like that, I, that concept. And of course, the game, I'm sure it's going to be appealing for a lot of people, maybe even someone like me. I can uh, ditch Pac-Man and start playing DVG, <laughs> Conquering Giants. Um, thank you for telling us a little bit about, about what you do and about this game. And I hope that our our, our listeners are intrigued and we'll go and find out more. Jerem, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Jerem Sidwell, he's the founder and CEO of Immersive History and uh, the, the team leader, director of the creators of DVG Conquering Giants. The game is now available on Steam VR and coming soon to Oculus Quest 2 and PlayStation VR. You can find out more at dvgthegame.com. And if you missed part of that conversation or to listen to it again, visit us at esselmedia.org. Here now is Village Lights with their single, 
unbroken family. Praise to the Father and the Son And with the Spirit they are one United by a common love They are family Savior, come and make a home with stubborn hearts of sin and stone, made humble by your kindness shown. Lord, have mercy, have mercy.
broken family Oh, that we could be Your unbroken family That was Village Lights with their single, Unbroken Family. Towards the end of 2019, some of us started receiving messages about a group that called themselves Village Lights. In the beginning of 2020, they had a first run of shows. These were worship evenings, and we learned that the members of this group were Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo. Fast forward a year later, and Village Lights has done quite a few more shows, and now they've recorded some of their songs, so it's time to have them on the show. I know that you've heard of Sarah Kroger. She's been on this program many times. Ike Ndolo is also a veteran Catholic musician, singer-songwriter. Some of you may have seen him at Steubenville conferences. And Ricky Vasquez. Ricky has been leading bilingual worship for some six years now, traveling all over. So you may have come across his music as well. It is so cool to see how the three of them are working together on this collective. And so I am very happy to welcome Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo. Welcome, you guys. Um, very Thanks happy to have us. you in the pro. Yeah, I know. Now, our, our listeners obviously are very familiar with Sarah Kroger, um, <laughs> but I'm very excited, Ricky and Ike, to have you guys um, on the show. And I had to, you know, go through this whole Village Lights thing just to get you guys on the show. Um, but can you can you um, explain to us what Village Lights is? Well, uh, about. Oof. Four years ago? Was it four years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. <laughs> About three years ago, uh, me and Sarah and Ricky did an event together, uh, Young Adult Worship Night in uh, in Atlanta. And it was just kind of a thrown together thing. And I thought it'd be cool. And I'd known Sarah for a while and had done a, a couple things with her. Um, I had only known Ricky kind of barely. And I had we had never done anything together. We'd never sang together or anything and <laughs> um, led worship together. But we did this night and it was um, at least for myself, it was it was pretty brilliant. It was amazing. And I um, I think collectively we decided like, hey, we should do this more often. And the, them had already kind of been dreaming about doing a, a worship collective. And so um, okay. I kind of caught that that vision at that night. And um, so it was super simple. You know, we just led worship together and um, there was a ton of young adults there. And um, but it was beautiful for me. I was like moving forward. This is I think this is yeah. all I want to do. You know, Yeah, and I want to get back to the idea of collective, because I think a lot of other people are also kind of tuning into that vibe. But before um, Ricky, why Village Lights? Who came up with that name? <laughs> um, well, the name was a little tough to come up with for us. We had long long meetings <laughs> and tried every name in the book but i think um i can particular yeah. was really passionate about including the village aspect um just and i don't want to speak for you but um um he's from nigeria and just like hearing from his mom about right. like village life and the communal aspect of that and uh you know i'm puerto rican we have a whole different kind of village over there and yeah sarah and we all like come from so many different places and had different voices and different styles of music. But when yeah. we came together, it really 
like it wasn't about the individuals about like collectively we made each other better and um it was just a really beautiful yeah. thing so we thought that and the whole vision behind village lights is to kind of make it about community mm-hmm. and um singing together in community um going to different communities and whatever so village and then we tossed in the lights just to you know spice it up you know <laughs> spice it up it could have been salt could have been light and it got light just, you got light we had like cool lights on our first performance and i think that's where uh i i threw in the light aspect but uh yeah yeah if you oh, see the good. village lights you you approach the village because everyone's welcome yes and amen that's true yeah the light the light on the on the on the hills so everybody yeah. can see it yeah, yeah exactly. um sarah tell me tell me a bit of this uh, this sort of uh collaborative aspect like is there something that that is different for you and i guess all three of you can answer but about working together with other artists and not just doing your own thing yeah yeah i mean i absolutely love it um ricky and i both kind of both kind of spoke to this like we each have such distinct styles and such distinct voices individually. Mm -hmm. And so for so long, I think we've been used to working by ourselves and leading worship by ourselves and doing events by ourselves. And it's just so much better to go out with more than one person. Uh, Jesus said that uh, we're supposed to be sent out two by two, you know? And so to be able to go out together and not have the pressure of a full event on your shoulders, um, but also just like creatively to be able to, get in the studio with each other and, and kind of mm-hmm. like rely on each other's strengths. And uh, it just makes us better as individuals really. And I just love the collaborative aspect of it and the fact that it's not all on me, um, but also that I'm able to still do my thing by myself and Ricky's still able to do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. His solo thing. And Ike is still able to do his solo thing, but we get this like side kind of project to be able to invest in and write for and, and travel with it's pretty awesome to, be able and to it do ben- i think you i think both benefit like like the group yeah. benefits from the individual work and you individually also benefit from the group work um exactly. I, I, when you when you guys kind of thought of the idea originally you thought hey we should do these worship nights more often did you think that we're going to compose together and actually record songs together was that part of the original plan yeah for sure i mean that was definitely the dream and, and we it took us a second took us a while to um, write songs and then it took a, a whole nother second to get the songs released yeah um but uh you know we had um you know in that time um in between first doing that event and then finally getting to write um we had a, a great advocate and a friend of ours a mutual friend of ours matt mar who oh yeah kind of gathered us together and we're like hey let's write these let's write and we wrote these three songs um which um was definitely always the plan we we wanted to we wanted to get together and write worship music that we could um that comes out of our <clears throat> each individual experiences and um having someone like matt in the room really helped mm-hmm. that writing and so um that was yeah. always the plan and, I, and it, it like sarah said it took a while <laughs> to get there and uh we finally did record them and i think because of the pandemic because we were kind of forced to slow down and mm-hmm. um I'm working at a at a church which I haven't done in a, a long time and came along in a timely manner so I could feed my family but <laughs> yeah. um, um but it did it gave me some time and it, this um and it gave us all some time to just okay let's get together we wrote these songs a year ago maybe we should record them finally and um <laughs> and it happened and it kind of all happened really fast and then uh our label yeah. kind of came along out of nowhere not out of nowhere but still it's kind of funny right. that we got 
signed to a label in the middle of a pandemic. Um, just all very strange, but definitely kind of outside of our, you know, yeah, really striving for that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so Ricky, you guys wrote these songs. I didn't know Matt helped out Matt Marr. That's great. Um, do you see that it's primarily a worship that the purpose can I say the purpose or the mission of Village Lights is to lead people to worship, that that's the music is worship music? Yeah, absolutely. I think these songs, we kind of wrote them with communities in mind and being able to like them to be prayers and them to be worship moments at different events for that we can use individually and also collectively. And I know like me and Ike both have dabbled in music outside of worship and Christian music. So um, when we came together for this, it really was about like I had led worship with both of these wonderful humans before. And we were like, so there's something really anointed about when we would pray together and lead together. And uh, we just wanted to do more of that. So and we have been since and it's been really beautiful. And there's a lot more songs on the way. Yeah, well, I want to I want to. Uh, that's exactly my next question. Good lead in. Um, Sarah, so what's next? Like you got three songs. Is there an album? Is there more touring? I hope there's more touring. What's what's uh, what's the plan? We hope there's more touring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'd love to get back out on the road. I know the only event that I did last year was a couple of events with with Village Lights team, which is really fun um, and special for me. But yes, we have an album in the works right now. We're in the studio literally as we speak. Well, not right now, but this week we were just (laughs) in there and um, we're recording our first full length album. And so, yeah, this was just a teaser. We only have three songs out right now, but there is a full album coming out. And when I say a full album, it's it's a big one. It's a big one. And we're really okay, excited good. about it. Really, really thrilled with how it's turned out. So all the music's it's written already. You, yes. Are you okay. Yeah. So you're just recording. Oh, good. I didn't know that. That's exciting. Um, yeah. And so those three songs, just so that our listeners know, they're yeah. hearing those songs here. Maybe not the first time, but maybe let's just say for the first time on over the air radio right here on the Sultanite Hour Village Lights. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to more music. Uh, and I'm actually looking forward to having Ricky and Ike on the show on your own, because I know that you guys have been doing music for a long time and it's really good stuff and uh, it's worth featuring you guys separately. So I hope that you'll agree to come back on the, on the show. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll have Sarah on the show again. She's uh, definitely, uh, if you'll have me <laughs> busy enough. Um, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm very excited. I love these cooperative collaborations. Um, I think we need more of them. And uh and I think uh, it's never a bad time for good music to pray with and to worship with. So uh, thank you yeah. for what you guys are doing. Thanks so much. Thanks yeah. for having us. For sure. God Thanks bless. For All right. Take care. Village Lights is Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo. You can find all about them, about their upcoming album and their tour at their website, villagelightsmusic.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or to listen to the rest of the program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at our website, slmedia.org podcast. Here now is Village Lights with their single, Fire and the Fountain. Deep calls to deep, come 
with their single fire and the fountain and that will take us to the end of the program this week remember that you can always reach me via email pedro at eselmedia.org you can also find me on facebook twitter or instagram just look for deacon pedro love to hear from you and also remember that if you missed any part of the show today you can stream or podcast all our southern light hour programs at our website eselmedia.org slash podcast that's also where you can find links to all our artists and our guests so you can support them and support the work that they do that is also slmedia.org the place where you can find out about our new app salt and light plus sl plus so you can have access to all our quality amazing programs on your amazon fire and on your roku and also on our website sl plus so slmedia.org that's where you want to go thank you for being with us today May you continue having a blessed Easter season and please continue to take care of yourselves and to take care of each other and pray for each other. I'm Deacon Pedro and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.